Welcome back to A Bolder Woman Speaks. I am your host, Liv Erno, and I am super excited about today's show. Well, I'm always excited about our show. Anytime I can help uh, bring awareness or anytime that I can open up uh, the opportunity for one of my sisters to speak about their testimony and others can overcome by the word of their testimony, it makes me excited. And so we have another show today. I have an amazing guest and I'm super excited for you all to hear. I hope you are ready. So we have today an amazing, amazing, amazing woman. Her name is Angela Williams, guys, and she is an esthetician. She's a travel agent. She's an author and she's a life coach and she's also an advocate. I'm going to bring her up without further ado. Hi, Angela. Hello. How are you? I am well. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Good, good, good. First of all, I love the blue. Blue is one of, it has become one of my favorite colors. So yes, thank you so much for having that color on. It just always gives me life. And I don't know, I I feel like there's revelation that that, that flows through that color. So thank you. That part. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I thank you again for coming on the show. I want to jump right in. Um, I first want to tell the viewers who you are and can you tell me a little bit about your background, what it is that you do? So my name is Angela Williams. I am one, a licensed esthetician. I am a travel agent. I am a newly new author um, of a book, Living with an STD, a guide to overcoming the damaged goods mindset and living an abundant life. And um, I, I, I did say many years ago, I was a fugitive from the Lord running from my assignment, but now I can boldly say that I am a minister of the gospel, fulfilling God's assignment on my life. And I am a mother of two grown children. I have two grandchildren. And right now I'm just stepping into my purpose, just doing whatever it is that God has for me to do. So I'm really excited to be here with you on today. Amen, amen. I love to hear that. Um, And and I'm gonna have to go back around to something too, because you just said something about, uh, you you stepping into your purpose. You're a mom of two adults. You have you said one or two grandchildren. Two, two grandchildren. Two grandchildren, and you said you were a fugitive of the Lord. Uh, so so let me go. Let me start right there then, because <laughs> sometimes you know some people think, especially um, some of my older sisters, um, they think that it's too late. They think that, you know, God doesn't have a purpose. If they haven't seen it yet, then it's not so. So tell me a little bit about the process of you walking into your purpose. How did that, how did you, how did you understand and and, and figure out what your purpose is? What did that look like for you? So how it looked was I was preaching, teaching, ministering, and was still a self-proclaimed fugitive. (laughs) Oh, wow. Like, how is that even possible? How? We we talk partly in our assignment because it seems safe in that way mm-hmm. until God says, no, there's more of you mm. that I need. Yeah, There's more of you that I placed in you. And because we see like, oh, my Lord, how other people flow in that gift, yeah. it puts a fear in us 
And we have the tendency to compare ourselves. I'm not like mm -hmm. this person. I can't do this. I can't do that. So right. we we put a barrier on ourselves and we limit ourselves. So we're partially being obedient and it's still right. disobedience. It's still disobedience. Yeah. It's still disobedience. So even though I was preaching and teaching and stuff like that, I was still not fulfilling the total assignment of what God had for me until life started beating me up. Mm -hmm. And I kept being in circumstances to where, you know, I would have dreams, visions. I flow like like people always tell me you flow in prophecy. You flow as a seer. You do mm -hmm. this, that and the other. And I would not accept that calling. Yeah, I it's would hard, not accept right? that calling. <laughs> Yeah. So guess what? I kept having the dreams. I kept mm -hmm. having the visions. I kept having the word. And I thank God that he never took his hand off of me. Yes. That's awesome. He was patient. Yeah. 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 Because he usually know he knows, not usually, but he knows where we are. And he's so merciful to meet us right where we are. Um, so I love to hear that. I love to hear that. So at some point you said you had to embrace it because it wasn't any other way. You know, he told me maybe about two, three years ago to go to my library and mm -hmm. look at the books that I have. I didn't realize until he told me to do that. Most of my books that I collected down through the years, prayer, warfare, intercession, prophecy. Yeah. He was equipping me this whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Yeah. I could not run until... Look, I got tired. <laughs> right, I got right. tired of running. Did did you have someone? Now this was never in the flow, but I always give room for the Holy Spirit to move, right? Uh, did you have people? So you you said God was equipping you the entire time, which I can attest to that. I know what that's like. Um, did you have people undergirding you? Did you have people mentoring you along the way? And sometimes I know that doesn't happen, right? Holy Spirit is the mentor, but did you have those people that were saying, hey, I see you. I know who you are. What was that like for you? Look, and I try not to beat down people. I try, you know, because again, like you say, the Holy Spirit, God himself will equip us. So mm -hmm. I would seek out mentorship. I would seek help. And it was like, I would only go so far and... Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So where God had to literally tell me, show me that everything that I need is in him. Yeah. I yeah. can't get and glean off of man so much to That's where right. now I'm dependent on man or they say she's here because of me. That's God right. made sure mm -hmm. that would happen. <laughs> so I would, I look, sis, I, if you don't mind me calling you, sis. No. <laughs> I wasted money, mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna say that a lot of the information that I received was not good because we're forever For sure. learning. For sure. And there's people on this earth that God had placed in our lives for its particular season, reason, and a lifetime to get us to the next level. So I'm yeah. not discounting those people, but what I am discounting is the simple fact that we cannot waste money, time, and effort when our answer is to God. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, one of the things, one of the words he gave me, he said, you're seeking love in the wrong places. Love. You're seeking love in the wrong places. And so I was, I, I honestly went down that road looking for leadership and not that I don't have leadership now, but I was right. looking for the dependency 
on man versus the dependency on God. And the crazy thing is I dealt with identity issues my whole life. And so he knew exactly where to get me. He said, I right. know, uh -uh, because if, if, if you are dealing with identity issues, you're going to depend on what they how they identify you and not how I identify that you. Part. And so it's amazing how he can take, you know, he can say, OK, you all these things that you thought didn't work. I'm going to use them for my good, but I'm going to be the one that you're going to depend on. So man can't say, oh, it was me that got you here that I right. and I alone will say it. So right. that's awesome. That's awesome. Um. Amen. Amen to that. So you, okay. So you walked, so you, 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 you became, you, you went from being a fugitive of the gospel to going into, to be preaching the gospel or doing both at the same time, right? Simultaneously, and then moving into your purpose and then writing a book. So tell me about this book. <laughs> so this book, so I have this saying where I said, sister girl, honey child, baby doll, cuz. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's like me saying, let me break it down to you. So yeah. this book, along with many others that God will have me birth out, mm -hmm. I've, I've sat on for many years. Um, this, this book, Living with an STD, is my own personal story of how I was diagnosed with herpes. Um, I'm not going to go into the time frame because people that will view, they will try to put things together. Yeah. So I want to protect the innocent and the guilty. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was a long time um, with me coming to grips with the diagnosis. This is years. Yeah. Over a decade that I've dealt with this to now I'm finally able to release it. So the, yeah. the struggle of it was was identifying the God in me, being comfortable with who I am, being comfortable mm -hmm. and comfortable in the voice that God has given me and to yeah. understand that this can easily be my sister, my daughter, yeah. my granddaughter, my mm -hmm. mom, my aunt, my cousin. It could be anybody. But yeah. if we continue to sit in silence and suffer in silence, how does that help anybody? So yeah. it was almost like I had an aha moment and God was like last year. God was like, it's either now or never. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay. You know, I was like, whoo. It was scary at first because I even went, I was on a prayer call and I even asked for someone to pray for me as I, you know, launched this. Mm -hmm. And they told me that it was my fault mm -hmm. that I got the STD. You know, so I want to protect people from people like that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Let them yeah. know that had had the person told me that and I was in a totally different mindset, I wouldn't yeah. have pushed through it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of I'm hearing some different things. So I kind of want to take a, an, another angle. Right. Because the reality is you were on the phone call with somebody who told you it was their fault. But admit the, the 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 diagnosis of herpes is like a it's like anything else any other hindrance we read in the bible right that someone that we use as bondage right that we use to shut our mouth up that we use to try to steal our identity but you said no i'm getting free from that this thing ain't gonna keep the shame holding over my head right because hope doesn't bring shame so right. i'm not gonna allow this thing to be held over my head and allow the enemy to make me feel defeated because god says that we're victorious right so <laughs> talk to me about that of, of how bold how you had to really allow god to like 
bring you to a, a, a place of courage to step out and be bold, to speak out and to allow your voice to be amplified in this area because so many people really do allow the, the diagnosis or the, whatever it is, okay? You could be bent over for right. 18 years. You could be the woman with the issue of blood, right? And right. these things are being hindrances to you and now you never open your mouth. So what does that look like? You know, how did, how, how was that process flow? How did, how did you flow through that process? So we beat ourselves up worse than anyone else, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I got the diagnosis, I put myself in position of a God. Mm. I said I was damaged goods. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. I said no one will ever love me. Mm -hmm. I said X, Y, Z. I will be by myself. <laughs> yeah. I am cursed. Yeah, I said that. God never said that to me. That's right. So the journey from what I said to realizing what God said, it took a while because the diagnosis is not cute. That's right. When you get it, the diagnosis is a lifetime sentence. Mm -hmm. According to medical standards, there is no cure. You have to take medication for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I'm bad at taking medication. So I'm like, one, how am I supposed to take this medication for the rest of my life? Right. And then two, how am I supposed to tell who I'm supposed to be in love with that I have this? Right. So immediately when the diagnosis came, I, be, I, I, I fed into the enemy. Yeah. I fed into the plot of, of, of destroying myself. Until one day, it was almost like God said enough was enough. He, yeah. he like he 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 like told me like shut up, you know. <laughs> and I know some people may be like, well, God don't say that. No, God can't talk to me like okay, Angela, it's okay. Mm -hmm. you no, know, it's like shut up. If I bless you, yeah, this from me. Who told you you were damaged goods? That's right. Who, Who told, told you? you you cannot have a loving relationship? Who told you you were cursed? That's right. Who told you this? Yeah. So at that moment, it was a turning point in my mm -hmm. mind to yeah. where I had to walk it out. Now, some things happen overnight, but mm -hmm. because we're in this flesh, we continue to you know, diminish yeah. and minimize some things and kind of turn things over in our mind All to where we had to, I had, I had to walk it out. And in my walking it out is what birthed this book to let yeah. people know that people may shun you. People may talk about you. Mm -hmm. People may look at you funny. People may even cut you off. Yeah. You may not find that ideal love that you think you may have, but yeah. what God has for you is for you. And That's who's right. supposed to be in your life will come to you. That's right. Think about the naysayers, because what happens is, you know, in our culture, in our society, um, grandma and him, mama and him back in the day, they said, keep on walking, keep on living. Yeah, yeah. And the way herpes and STDs is, it's one out of four people that's, diagnosed now imagine those people that are not diagnosed right because what I, I i look I, when we when we actually scheduled the interview i looked up the statistics and what is it like one in every four one in every five people and some don't right. even know they have it 
Right. So you don't, and because it's such a taboo, because it's such a stigma, because it's such a hush-hush conversation, the person you sitting next to at the movies, yeah, standing next to in the grocery line could very well have any other STDs. Yeah, that's true. So it was a, it was a process for me to walk it out, for me to be this spokeswoman, this spokesperson, yeah. this poster child of living with an STD and living it out loud and boldly. Yeah. Yeah. And I commend you. I commend you. you for being that bold because I know that there are other women and even other men that will watch this that will need to hear that. Right. And maybe maybe it's not maybe that's not the diagnosis. You know, maybe it's not herpes. Maybe it's not an STD at all. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's infertility. Right. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's uh, some other type of disability or mental health issue or something uh, mm -hmm. or or abandonment, whatever their thing is. The, the people need to know that those things don't create their identity. God does. Those things right. don't make them. Right. Um, and so, you know, I say that to even go into this, you know, many, many think that when they, when there are circumstances or issues in their life, those things mark them for life, you know, and those, and it, it, it hinders them from being able to be used by God. And your, your title in itself says, uh, it talks about being damaged goods. And I also had felt like damaged goods at times in my life. How mm -hmm. did you see, how had God, outside of you knowing uh, that he said, shut up, Angela, I need you to be quiet. <laughs> how did you know that, <laughs> how did you, how did you see him really, his hand on your life and saying, we're going to turn what you thought was meant to curse your life. We're going to turn that into something purposeful. We're going to turn that pain into purpose. How did he move through that process? Because it wasn't overnight, but how did he move through that? And how did you know that he wanted you to truly use that as a marker or one of those destiny moments as this is your purpose? So he used it in such a way to where he covered not only myself, but my children. That in itself was one thing. Mm -hmm. Because when you're pregnant and you have herpes, it can be fatal. Yeah. The children can come out you know, mentally disabled, deformed, you know, even passing away. They can even get herpes themselves, you know. So that in itself let me know God's hand was upon me. Yeah. Another, another way was the outbreaks was not as severe. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that I'm better than the next person, mm -hmm. but what I am saying is that my 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 story my my outbreaks my my journey my my medication because i wasn't always on medication i didn't always take it you yeah. know what i mean so a lot of different things played into that uh, um another thing was the simple fact that you know like i said i beat myself up more than anybody else but sure. knowing that you know there's other people that were worse off than me. You know, he 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 could have he could have literally saved me from promiscuity. Right. You know what I mean? We don't understand why God does does certain things until we're in the thicket of it and until we walk out the process. And so I would say that he literally saved my life. And then, too, he also knew that once I got to a point of being a prodigal son, that I would come to my senses. Yeah. And say, let me go back to my father's house. Yeah. He knew I had a big mouth and I was going to eventually tell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. 
Yeah. One time in the midst of, of ministering, preaching, I say by accident it came out, but it was all part of God's plan. I was preaching on something else, and yeah. all of a sudden the detour and the message was me disclosing yeah. herpes to a congregation of people. Wow. Yeah. That was wow. the first time. And so I'm like, I couldn't back out of it, so I had to yeah. continue with it. Yeah. I ended yeah. it, and then after the service was over, to this day, I still get calls. I still get people inboxing me that wow. were in that service yeah. that, like, I thought I was by myself. Yeah. So I knew that there was a greater purpose in this. For sure. For sure. Wow, you are one brave woman. You are brave. <laughs> you are so brave. You are, because so many would not, uh, would not relentlessly pursue, you know, to be the face of an STD of herpes, you know, no one would, people, no one would say, listen, this is me. This is my truth. People nowadays, we're seeing so many people, especially in the day, the digital age, everyone wants to portray a certain way or look like a certain way, you know, and the reality is they're behind doors. They are falling to pieces, you know? Right. And so I love the fact that you, God has called you out to have to live out loud your authentic message because just through that message alone, I just know that there's so many people being healed right. and set free uh, from their shame. Um, and a part of that I know has to do with your identity. You have to know who you are in order to really walk with your head held high. Right. So what would you say, you know, has been, it, how, what would you say your process has been? Because I know you said it wasn't overnight in understanding your identity versus allowing uh, a, a, a label to cling to you. I didn't want to, well, first of all, I had my children watching me, mm -hmm. you know, and not only were my children watching me, um, I was also ministering. And so sometimes we had the tendency to hide behind closed doors, like you say, and portray a different, you know, um, um, person, but I had to understand who God created me to be, first mm -hmm. and foremost. Um, my identity is bold, loud, you know, all of that. I also realized that I'm not like everybody else. Yeah. You know, and so many times we, we even though we say it doesn't matter what people think, you know, it does mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Yeah. And um, so many people say, I'm going to keep it real. I'm 100, you know, all this other stuff. But are mm -hmm. we really? Yeah. So it took me a while to embrace who I truly am, is, was, mm -hmm. and will continue to be. Yeah. And live out loud authentically with Christ backing me up. That's right. Because you will offend those that don't understand your assignment. Will you say it? Say it, say it one more time. You will offend those mm -hmm. who does not understand your assignment. That's so good. That's so good. And once I realized once I realized that there's greater mm -hmm. in me <laughs> And I have a story to tell. Yeah. And that I refuse to die empty. Come on. Come on. That's when the change came. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I have always been a strong woman. I've always been independent. But there was also a breaking point mm-hmm. where God literally allowed life to break me and yeah. to open up my eyes and for me to see that I can stand alone with him. I don't need, you know, so-called crutches on people, right. of people to validate me or to say who I am. Because a lot of times people say who you are to them only because it's valuable for them. That's right. It's beneficial for them. But once you understand, I say this, if you know how to go in the kitchen and cook a good fried chicken, guess what? You're going to boldly proclaim your recipe is the best, you know. That's right. That's That's right. So once you have it in you and in your mindset, and, and you realize this is who God called you to be. And this is yeah. who God said you are. You begin to walk that thing out. Yeah. It may be bumpy. It may be rocky in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But along the lines, you're going to get strengthened in that thing that God has called you to be. It has not always been easy because, yeah. look, I'm, I'm looking at other people, especially in the church. This mm-hmm. isn't talked about. Of course not. And in the church, they will sometimes they want to pattern you by their tradition, by by who they think you are and, you know, things of that nature. And so sometimes you have to step outside of that and say, God, who am I? Mm -hmm. Right. Or sometimes that's why this has to be the church. Um, We see obviously during COVID, God started breaking things and tearing things down. Right. And most churches got on digital spaces and this has to be, it It can't be just in the four walls. We have to, we're the church. We got the kingdom of God in us. We have to be that. We have to be the living epistle and go out and help and speak and talk and declare the word of the Lord over our sisters and brothers. Because if we don't, you know, who else will there, if they put these, these boundaries and these limitations within four walls, then no one's ever going to get really free. They're going to get free past a certain, to a certain place, to a certain standard, but right. they're not going to get free for real. And so that's right. what we want. We want people to get free for real. Totally so, and completely free. Yeah. 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 So, man, that's so good. So you said so much. And so one of the, so I told you before, I'm a confidence coach. And so a lot of the women I work with, I, I, I take them through what I call a amplify your voice program. Right. Um, and most of them don't know where to start when they come to me. But what I realize and find is most of them are really, truly dealing with comparison. They're dealing with feeling inadequate. They're, de- they're dealing with feeling worthlessness. Um, uh, and that then hinders them from actually speaking out. So what are three things that you would tell those types of women or men? Because I know some some of my brothers is watching this that would help take strip that off of them, that you can speak, you can be loud. And you can be bold with speaking and proclaiming your story to others because it's going to impact and help and shift others' lives. So I will say one is get to the root. Mm-hmm. What caused it? Where did it stem from? How does that look? You know, the second would be to to get rid of the insecurities. Yeah. You know, is it your voice? Is it how you think you look? Is it how you think you may sound? Whatever the case may be, get rid of the insecurities. Mm -hmm. And I think the last one would be stop looking at everybody else. That's right. That's a good one. I think the main thing will probably be first stop looking at everybody else. Yeah. And then the other two that I mentioned, because that in itself will build on the insecurities. 
That's right. You know what I mean? Because we're so focused on them, but you have your own lane. You have your own way of doing things. And so when you stop looking at other people and, you know, look to God for direction, for guidance, then he will help you identify the root, the insecurities and so on and so forth. Yes, that's so good. That's so good. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, And then I'm going to ask you one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, I know that you do, av- you advocate for women. Can you talk about how you do that in the church and outside the church and how people can connect with you? So in the church, of course, with COVID, the COVID just kind of shut down everything. Yeah. And so, um, I think for me, I, I just, I start off as, as just being a friend, being someone that you connect with someone that, you know, sometimes you have people that have these titles and it's like, you can't even reach them. You can't even talk to them. You can't even <laughs> breathe the same yes. air. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I'm a servant. That's right. I'm a sister on the right. job. They don't know me as minister evangelist or whatever label, mm-hmm. you know, the church may, may categorize me as they know me as Angela Williams. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, I want you to know that I am relatable. I'm real, I'm very personable, sociable, you know, but at the same time, I keep it 100, you know, I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. Yeah. And so how I how I um, advocate for women is, is basically letting them know that I am a safe space. Okay. I can be trusted. I'm not one that's going to get this information and next thing you know, it's gonna be on my next Facebook Live or my Instagram mm-hmm. stories, or mm-hmm. I'm a eventually over the pulpit or it's going to be at one of my speaking engagements. No, I walk this journey. That's right. I will help you through this journey. And there are some things that I can learn from you as you can learn from me. We're in this thing together. So that's how I'm able to advocate and and partner with other women and even men. Because I've had men come to me and tell me they've had HIV. Mm. So I want to be relatable, not stuffy. That's right. That's right. And um, as I walk out my my purpose, my ministry, because it's, it's just, I, I finally said, okay, God, yes, I give, I surrender. Yes. A full surrender, not a half surrender. All of that, a full surrender. Like, okay, God, mm-hmm. I'm running to you. So um, how I position myself for that is that I'm open for whatever God has for me, not turning down anything. Of course, he'll give me discernment as to, okay, that ain't, I ain't, I didn't send that person. I didn't yeah. send that, but yeah. I'm open to everything God. And I'm expecting every day for an encounter. I'm sorry. I'm just going to receive that for myself. Please Amen. God. Yes. Amen. Jesus. Yes. I, I, every day now, now, Every day I expect God. Every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. So if he shows up in a dream, a vision, having me driving, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. I, I go, I I love being by myself. I'm a single woman. I love being by myself. So I don't mind going to a restaurant and I'm, I might be sitting there by myself on my phone, on my computer, reading my book or whatever the case may be. And God may drop in my spirit to bless somebody. So I'm yeah. looking. Who next? That's, yeah. who That's next? how I am. Like who? I pray that every day. Like, who can I bless? Who? How can I help you today? What can I do for you? 
Yes. We, have to, we have to be postured like that every day. We have to be. Exactly. So that's where I'm at. That's, that's where I'm at. Open. And um, the thing of it is, is, is the end of the month, to, God has been really dealing with me about rest. And I'm like, I thought I was resting. I thought I was resting. I thought I was resting. But this end of the month, um, I signed up for a veterans retreat. I'm a military veteran. And so it's a, it's a military veteran retreat for women that spiritually fed where for four days, the 26th through the 29th, really they're shutting down all like electronics. You going somewhere. I don't even know where I'm going other than you don't know where you're going. I'm going somewhere here in Texas. Amen. <laughs> you. So I'm you. like, Lord, this is this the encounter. This is the yeah. encounter. And I'm ready for it. So I'm expecting to come out of that, like totally doing whatever it is that God has for me to do, because Amen. this is my time of rest. So I'm open. I'm open. And so how you can find me, I am on all social media platforms, even though, you know, Twitter, I mean, not Twitter, uh, TikTok is a new thing right now. I'm still playing with that. So don't judge me. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, please don't. But I am on Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, I am on TikTok on, as, as Angela Williams. That is my personal page. And then my Facebook and Instagram page. I also have the business side of it, Ask Angela or Ask Seek Knock Coaching Services. And I have a YouTube channel. Um, I have my website, askangela911.com. And so, I mean, you can find me basically anywhere if you're looking. Now, if you're in the Texas area, I do have a um, uh, esthetician treatment room where I do skincare and waxing. So you can come visit me, you know, either in San Antonio or Midland. I was going to ask you, I'm like, I need one skin tip because your skin is flawless. Okay. Thank you. I need one skin tip for the people. (laughs) So, So one skin tip for us, women of color, it doesn't matter if you're Middle Eastern, Asian, Black. Hispanic, whatever. Sunscreen is your best friend. Hey, I just, you know, I just read that too. I always thought it wasn't necessarily for us, but I just read that. Look, it'll save your life, especially when you get serious with your skincare regimen. Yeah. And I've, I've done a chemical pill recently. So look, I'm glad that's not showing through, but yes, you need sunscreen to protect your skin from the harmful rays. And can I add one more? Yes, please. Here's a bonus. Water. Amen. Drink all your water. Mind your business. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, said man. that last part. That's it. That's it. Mind, mind your business. You, you get some real good mind skin, right? Amen. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for coming on. Honestly, this was an honor for me to have you on and to tell your story and to encourage us and to encourage me. Uh, Thank you so much. Awesome. So until next time, please stay connected with me. Awesome. You got it. Talk to you soon. See Wow. What an amazing story. I hope that you guys enjoyed that. I hope that you are commenting. I hope that you have subscribed. I hope that you have shared this episode. This was an amazing episode. If you have questions for Angela, please leave them in the comments or you can reach out, reach to her on her website. I believe she said it was askangela911.com. And if you have anything, even if you have a question anonymously, please send it over. We'll make sure we get it to her. So again, thank you guys for being bold. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, 
we'll see you soon.